Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, this is me, Todd Novak. Welcome to our fantastic show, the Guitar Knobs podcast. Uh, today in, in the studio, we're joined by um, our pal. Rob Chafe from Mad Cow Amplification. That's right. This is, this is a three-peat for you now. Is it three? It is three. Hey, wow. are you a t-shirt or a mug? Yeah, uh, you get a key to the washroom. You, Ooh, we okay. gave you a t-shirt. Did we? Oh yeah, that's right. Do I get a mug then? Or I don't key? have a mug. You I can have key. this mug. I, actually, I got a t-shirt and a keychain. Never mind. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but thanks for asking. Uh, so <laughs> uh, now Rob is joining us, especially uh, he's been chomping at the bit to get on this one mm-hmm. because we have on the line today. A very special guest. Special guest, who are you? <laughs> hey, Dr. Z here. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. This is a biggie. In, in, in our timeline, I consider this a biggie. Yeah. And so Rob was like, hey, uh, I need to be on that. <laughs> no, I think I told you like a year ago, if you yeah. ever get Dr. Z on, there's, yeah. there's a few yeah. people I got to be here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, You guys uh, are too kind. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you are welcome. Um, we're going to get into all the Z-ness. And uh, and everything, uh, Tony Maloney. Uh, what yes. uh, what do we do on this show here? Uh, on this show, yes. On well, we talked to Doctor Z on this show. On That's this right. show. Oh, you mean in the podcast in general? In general. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Well, we like to talk to uh, the movers and shakers in the boutique instrument and amplifier and pedal worlds. That is correct, Amundo. That's, That's very right. well said. Have you been practicing that? Mm-hmm. Movers and shakers. No, the rest of the part. Movers and shakers was garbage, but, oh. the, but the rest of it was <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, we just have to uh, talk. Uh, we got a couple announcements real quick. Uh, this show is dedicated to our esteemed executive producer at an unnamed high level. We, we're still working on a name. If you guys got suggestions for names, uh, shoot them to us. This is at our premium level that that we do. Maybe we, we do a show it, dedication. We can, I say it was Grand Poobah, but uh, no, nah, <laughs> Supreme, the Supreme, Supreme executive producer. And we can put uh, sour cream on them. That's Just like Taco Bell. No, no. Yeah, we already had lunch. I'm Gr- fine. Grand mm. Poobah is pretty good. I kind of like, like Grand Poobah executive Grand, producer. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll sit with that for a only while. only if they're allowed to have a fez. So he's um he's uh he's considered a, a Grand Poobah executive producer. Jonathan Jerusik. He's been a, f- a friend of the show and a supporter for a long time. And this show is dedicated to him uh, for that support. He's a great dude who really enjoys gear. He's very active out on the uh, channels and everything. I'm going to find he, him he a does fez. does a little uh, YouTube stuff. So uh, go check his stuff out. Yeah. I have one uh, a little announcement I want to make. I'm not done with this one. Nope. But thanks. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Jonathan Drusick, thank you so much for your support of the show. And uh, the show's for you, buddy. Okay, Jared. I forgot it. No, I wanted to say uh, a very happy birthday to Tony Abalone. Ah, yes. Happy happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday today. Uh, Thank you. 26, 27? Yeah, I wish. Two times. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Double it. Double it. Add a couple. Yeah. Smack it. Flip it. Double it down. (laughs) Um, All right. We need to say a ginormous thank you to Roadcaster. Pro, the makers of the Roadcaster Pro, Rode microphones. Rode. Yes. Rode. All right. You guys did that one, too. You're, you're working behind the scenes on me here. We are. We yeah. practice. And also the Procaster mic, uh, which has uh, just been our, our dearest and 
most singularly microphone-y friends that we have. Makes it sound so good. <laughs> they work really <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like the articulating arms. You do, and we've got four of them right here. Also, okay, so this was pretty cool. A couple episodes ago, um, we were talking about the four on the floor, and if you don't know what four on the floor is, if this is your first time or you're not a frequent listener, four on the floor. What? We will do this this episode. We do every episode. You mean there are not frequent, uh, there are people who are not there frequent There are some non-frequent users, oh, and that's my. okay, you know? But but we're, we're gonna con- we're gonna convert them. Okay. So four on the floor for all the time that we've been doing it, we haven't really cataloged the pedals other than what's on our website. And if you haven't seen what's on our website, go to the website and check out the four on the floor. We uh, there's upwards of 350 individual pedals. What? 350 wow. individual pedals with multiples Holy of crap. some of those. And I we were talking and we said it'd be really cool to catalog those and kind of like maybe do something with that. Yeah. And I said, but like, I, I don't have the time to do that. I am maxed out on time. I don't, I, I, I can't. Somebody out there was awesome enough to do this. His name is Rayo Carnahan. He cataloged all of our four on the floors for us. I mean, that was in a spreadsheet. That's crazy. Just out of the goodwill of his heart. Wow. And probably boredom with whatever he was doing. Yeah. But that's nuts. So appreciated. It was either that or clip his toenails. Right. Ah. <laughs> um, Ew. But that was that was a massive uh, kind, gesture of kindness, and I really appreciate that's it because awesome. now oh, yeah. we've got a working log, and we're gonna do something with it. I don't know what that something is, but we're gonna do something with it. Post Does it. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, there's my dude. Maybe we'll give it to Dr. Z and he can do with it when he's like, you know, just sitting around, nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> does, uh, it, does it involve a fez? It doesn't. You, oh. Okay. Uh, no, okay. Don't make me Get, do it without my fez on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I said, hey, can you, at bare minimum here, can you, you know, we helped him out with a couple other things, yeah. um, but um, we, uh, we got his four on the floor. Nice. You know, I figured that was that was absolutely uh, for doing yeah. that. So the first one. Well, wait a minute. Do we have to add this to the list? I yeah, think he has I, to. I already. I'm gonna. Okay. Number one, the love pedal, Fuzzmaster 1000. Mm. He says this one is on the tamer end of fuzz pedals, but it is quite versatile. Uh, it can go from really good distortion just to on the edge of spitting fuzz. The pedal has a bias and blend knobs uh, to hone in the sound that you're going after. Uh, the bias adjusts the bias. Uh, the the, bl- the bias adjusts the bias of the fuzz transistor and blend knob brings in a treble circuit as I hear it. Number two, the Keeley DNM drive. Uh, this one was the uh, the collaboration from uh, Dan and Mick from the Pedal Show. Uh, an awesome overdrive boost pedal and my favorite on the board. I don't know what Mr. Keeley did to each of the circuits in this pedal, but it has so much headroom on tap. And uh, the boost has all kinds of creamy tone goodness. The overdrive goes through several levels of usable gain stages as you adjust the gain. And you can switch the order of the boost and overdrive. It's like he's heard this show. And he's, it's, like, mm-hmm. it's like he's heard this and he's doing it just like it. I'm guessing he probably has heard the show yeah, since I'm, I'm he compiled good. the list. Yeah. From the show. Yeah. Then we have the Strymon Volante. What a great name. Volante. I love the vintage tape delay sound of the, that the Volante does so well. This pedal is truly an inspiration machine to me. The Volante gives you the ability to, re, to really sculpt your delay, to taste with the ability to choose the tape head and playback head combination and make the tape sound clean and pristine or degraded. I really haven't even scratched the surface on what this pedal can do. Number four. Number four. 
Fly, uh, well, I was going to say Flyman Strint. <laughs> but I stopped myself from saying Flyman Strint. That would um, be a great... That would be a great pedal. <laughs> what about Strint? Strint? <laughs> All right. Uh, some crazy person out there would make that. Um, that's, I, maybe low sounds would make something like that. Make me a Flyman Strint. Um, so the Strymon Flint, uh, that's one, actually one of the most popular ones in that sheet that's been on the mo- mm-hmm. some of the most times. Uh, a reverb and tremolo pedal with super easy control layout, and it just sounds so beautiful. It does. The 61 harmonic tremolo on this thing sounds amazing, and the available reverbs are just perfect for the musical for my musical tastes. It's a rock-solid pedal that does what it does perfectly and is always on my setup. Rail Carnahan, I thank you so much for that kind gesture. And uh, for taking the time to do that, that was, uh, it was, he didn't just list out the names. He's like, what ca- wow. category are they? How many times have they been uh, brought and up? The whole that is names. extremely That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, so there's that. Boy, oh boy, we got a lot of cool support. Gentlemen, Dr. Z and Tony and Jared. That's How about me? Rob? Well, he's a gentleman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with Tony Baloney to yeah. tell us what happened in our world this week, and then we're going to hit Dr. Z. Okay. All right. Uh, so in my music world this week, uh, last uh, Sunday we had the Columbus Guitar Show. And surprise, I, I never could understand this, but in Columbus, for some reason, the winter show, which is held in January, always is a better show mm-hmm. than the summer show. People are traveling in the summer. Yep. Well, that could be, but usually the weather is total garbage. Um, That's why they go. Not this year. Nothing else to do. Nothing else to do, I guess. So um, so I had a pretty good day at the show, and there was a gentleman that had this very cool... I'm just a sucker for Japanese hollow body guitars from Mm. the 60s. Okay. And I saw the one, and and it's it's an old Kent... Uh, Americana is the actual model. And it's kind of like a somewhat offset um, hollow body. And what really attracted me were the, the, these pickups that are in the thing are very cool. They've got, a, it's like a half of a screen or a half of a gold foil, but it's got like little slots in it. Yeah, it's cool. And uh, the guitar was all just, I mean, it was, the, the finish was checked and it looked like it had been ridden hard and put away wet, but. Anyhow, I got it for a very good price, I think. And uh, the only thing wrong with it is the bridge pickup is a little bit, a little bit DOA, <laughs> but yeah. not a lot. That means it's going to be very <laughs> yeah. soon. That means it is. Yeah, it's um, going to be. So, uh, so my good pal Jared, I brought those into the studio today. That's me. <laughs> He's going to fix them up for me and make them so that they work like they're supposed to. Yeah, awesome. That's right. Yep, yep. Yep. So that was that was that was my week. Brilliant. Let's work this week. Dr. Z, how about you? What's going on in your music world this week? Well, um, we are releasing um, a couple of new products. The the one big one is the Z-Rec Junior. Uh, That will be available for purchase February 3rd. And we are scurrying to build as many as we can for the pre-orders that we received from our customer base and hopefully we'll be able to get three or four or five units to each one of our dealers that ordered them uh, prior to the release. They'll be available. Um, the Z-Rec Jr., great little amp. Uh, we have been building the Z-Rec. 
if any of you are familiar with that. And actually, it was named by Ken Fisher uh, from Trainwreck Circuits. Uh-huh. Ken, myself, Brad Paisley kind of collaborated on the original uh, Z-Rec amp. So it was kind of a synergy between the three of us, uh, and Ken was the one who named it. And I thought it was a clever name, so we used it. Um, but but one, one of the things that I kept hearing uh, from customers was, first, it was kind of too loud. Okay? It, it had no master volume. It certainly was in the vein of the train wreck design. Uh, so it was very dynamic, uh, very touch sensitive, but but also kind of loud for, for most players. And secondly, it was kind of expensive. So those two things were the two comments that I received. So I said, you know what, I'm going to fix that. And and how, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll make a half power version of the Z-Rec. I'll install a post-phase inverter master volume in it. So you can really kind of control the volume, overall volume, as much as you want with a great, you know, post-phase inverter master volume. It works as well as an attenuator. And and then, you know, the cost will be just about half of, of what the, the normal Z-Rec mm-hmm. was. So that's going to be the product. Um, I do have some videos done. They will be released uh, to the public on YouTube prior uh, to the product release, probably be the later part of January. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. I, I, I think it's a great product. I, I believe that Rob, you played it. I think when you were here, did I, I, I believe, I think so. Maybe I, I played so many. I don't know. They all ran together yeah. after a while. Okay. I know I played the big guy and I played Jetta. Of course the Jetta. And then I played uh, yes. the one with all the knobs on it. <laughs> it was a little oh, one twelve okay. combo. I don't remember okay. if I played the that. Yeah. I don't think I did actually. Is he record that much? Maybe you didn't. I, I'm not. Sure. I get a little confused myself. Yeah, with, I know it's so many things with as many pieces as there are and things to play. Hey, and, and you know, a, a nice segue into the Jetta. Um, you know, the Jetta we released in October, and I, I am releasing it now um, as a head version. So initially, it was just a combo. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, October release as a one twelve combo. Yep, and you know, got a lot of requests for people that wanted heads. Uh, they kind of like the uh, ability to carry, you know, a little bit lighter weight, connect it with different speaker cabinets, uh, makes it a little bit more versatile um, and portable. So I decided, okay, well, we'll make it as a head. So we're releasing that as a head. the The Jetta um, as a one twelve combo has a Celestian H thirty in it. It has a triad output transformer, uh, a very vintage triad output tranny. Um, it has uh, 7591 output tubes, which are extremely unique. Um, and, and they were kind of unique to a couple of older tube manufacturers, uh, tube amp manufacturers, excuse me. Uh, that was uh, Ampeg and Supro used them in a couple designs as well. But Ampeg used them a lot. And basically, you know, the idea of the Jetta, I'll give you a little little back look into the design. Um, there was a gentleman that, that wanted to tour my shop. 
And uh, I says, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, come in. And I says, it's not going to take very long. My shop's not that big, but yeah, sure, come on in. So he came in and he came in with his buddy and they, you know, looked at things and played amps and, you know, talked, talked music and amps you know, for a little while. And of course he did have a, a kind of ulterior motive. And that was that he had this old Ampeg reverber rocket that was broken. And, um, the claim to fame to that amp was that was the model amp that Keith Richards used on Exile on Main Street. So if you're familiar with the Stones at all, you know, Exile on Main Street was kind of a unique tone and sound. It was kind of that reggae-ish kind of release uh, for the for the Rolling Stones. So there were some unique tones on that on that album. And this was the amp that Keith used uh, to, to record that. So it kind of perked my interest. I, I said, you know, I, I generally don't do repairs on, on other people's amps. I just do Z amp repairs if I have to. I don't really do other products. But I said, okay, bring it in and, and come to find out. You know, I mean, Ampegs are very stout products. There wasn't really a lot of problems with it. One of them was a broken output tube. It was cracked. Um, the reverb tub was broken, as they do, you know, when the springs get discon disconnected from the transducers. Um, then there were a couple little caps and some minor, minor repairs that needed to be done. So I was able to get it going. Um, found some current production 7591s uh, from from Tungsol, um, Electro Harmonics' brand of, of Tungsol reissues. And, and man, I fired it up and the thing sounded great. I'm like, oh my God, this amp does sound pretty good. So I had been looking for a design to build uh, of a lower cost combo 112 amp. And this kind of, kind of like said, ooh, you know, uh, it's a little bit of an epiphany for me. Um, never really being an Ampeg kind of guy, but so I kind of looked into it, looked into the design and, and saw that the precursor to that amp was the Ampeg Jet. And the Ampeg Jet was a lot simpler of a design. It was just volume and tone. It didn't have reverb or, or trim or any of that. So it was, it was a very simple design. And because of its simplicity, it allowed me to manufacture the amp and wired built here in my facility and release it for like $13.99. And, and that's a you know 112 handmade combo with high quality components. I mean, there's Jupiter coupling caps. And like I said, try it output tranny, 7591 tubes, Celestian H30. Um, so so it's, it's all premium parts. And it put together in, in a really cool sounding amp. So I packaged it for $13.99. And that's kind of how the Jetta, kind of a spin on the Epic Jet, uh, kind of came about. And it's doing extremely well for me. I, it, it's actually done better than any amp I've released in my 32 years. Um, I mean, we built well over 100 of them in a matter of two months. So it's caught on pretty well. And, you know, I think the price point has a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, I mean, people are um, 
being a little bit more conservative with their purchases um, as in the early 2000s, um, things were really escalating. Prices were really going up. And, you know, every time you come out with something new, it's, it's more and more money. Um, but, but, you know, that, that kind of stopped and, and people are a little bit more conservative with what they purchase. And if you give them an extremely high quality product at a price that I kind of consider being pretty equal to like an imported amps price, meaning something that's made offshore um, with a PC board and, and whatnot, um, very similar to that price. It's very lucrative and people look at it. So it, it's done very well for us. So uh, it's it's $13.99 as a 112 combo and the head is $12.99. And that's going to be you know, available. I, we're building them now. So so dealers should have them pretty soon. So that's kind of what's new. You know, the, the Z-Rec Junior, which you know I'm hoping um, will do really well. And it, it appears that it will. There's a there's a, a lot of people excited about it, and then also the Jetta. So that's two new products that have kind of been keeping me busy. Well, that is one hell of a week. <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? This is, like, this is yesterday. <laughs> nice. Um, well, that's uh, that's a that's that's uh, that's. That is quite a week. <laughs> wow, you silenced Todd. Yeah, yeah when you can silence Todd, that's excellent. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Uh, How about Jared? Well, yeah. We're going to hit Jared, and then we're going to, uh, Dr. Z, we're going to get, we're gonna get, get right really back, into back deep into your stuff here in just a bit. Go ahead, Jared. Sure. I went to the sure. guitar show. You <laughs> went to a guitar show? Yeah, I had a table to guitar show. It did pretty well, but uh, we have... Uh, <clears throat> I actually picked up a 1973 Marshall JMP uh, wow. 100 watt Mark II. You really needed another Marshall. Yeah. You, you didn't watt. have another yeah. Marshall. This yeah. one's different than everything else, I swear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think you need a Marshall we major next. there for 20 minutes. I know. It doesn't surprise me. He just wandered off for five minutes, yes. came back with a Marshall. Yes. I yeah, bought, well, it's the lady that was there. In the winter, and I had bought, she had two matching uh, 1977 Marshall JMP, you know, the new, somewhat newer ones, and uh, they're a little different, but uh, the, the 73 I got, I took it home and I messed around with it, and it was modded, and it's got a master on it now, but it, it sounds really, really good, and, you know, it's useful to me because, you know, you blow your eardrums out if it doesn't have a master. Yeah. No master on those are great. I mean, that's yeah. yeah, it's common. So that's that's pretty much it. Well, no, I got one more thing. I got an old Unisphere one um, with the original case and the original cord that it came with. Uh, the uh, microphone, a Shure microphone, oh. Unisphere one. I I bought. I got it for I don't know fifty bucks. It, I, the only reason I got it's it. A, it's an unremarkable looking microphone. It just looks like a regular microphone. It does, but it's the same one my dad had and yeah. he gigged out with uh, for a long uh, time. Yeah. He had it from when, like, he had a in his band right after high school up until he stopped gigging with it in the 90s. So, nice. Yeah. So it's a remembrance. Right? It, it is. It's right. more of a, and a and sentimental the thing. Uh, nylon case, the white nylon case. It's pretty proud. cool. Yeah. It, it is kind of cool. Yeah. You know. it's, it's a thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see. Mr. Man? Me? Yeah. 
Man, not much been going on my week. Um, uh, let me think. What's the newest thing? Change strings on a guitar? Yeah, did that. Um, still on the never-ending search for the quintessential Strat. I think last time I was on here, I was talking about this, <laughs> and I'm still, but now I've, I've got like, it for you. Come on. I've got three Strats that I'm choosing between, so. Well, no, it's trying to find something with the right neck feel, and I'm building up basically an arsenal of, quote, test guitars, and um yeah. you want you want to try out a, a, a strat plus nope i next, love the next on next too small nope <laughs> really yep no and that's that's exactly my problem is i want like nine and a half or ten inch radius taller oh, frets yeah. i thought you were gonna a, say because there's a strat <laughs> well and, and as i'm finding out i'm not a big fan of strats so that's that's difficult but next kind of like that 50 necks are kind of like well 50s, and, and there's the thing like you'll you'll look at a mexican 50 reissue versus a japanese and the they're next, all different exactly yeah exactly and they're none of them are like the actual 50s and and then stuff in the 50s 60s you pick up one next to each other and if anyone out there yeah. has the opportunity to hold a strap from the early 60s or early or mid 50s do it it's so different yeah than today's i don't know why but it just is yeah yeah mm. so yeah so i guess that's what's been going on my week i got three guitars three different strats i'm deciding between and yeah so and i can't keep them all i'm not rich yet so no outstanding how about you todd uh i i'm always messing with the pedal board trying to like you know the search for tone always and, and uh i yeah, I've got this pedal that I built, the first pedal that I built. And it, I remember a show, I can't, it was really early in one of our shows, I was talking about this build. And um, I got it from uh, Guitar PCB, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's like a MK2 or MK Mark, you know, Mark II uh, overdrive um, with, a, with a boost in it. Um, and But it's modded. Like I couldn't even build the the, the kit without <laughs> changing it. You changed it as you were building the it. Kit. Yeah. Okay. So, but 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 it sounds it sounded amazing when I got it. But then I was like, yeah, I want more stuff. So then I shelved that. And uh, I'm you know I was playing the song. And I was like, I wonder if the alpha would be, would be right here. And I put it in front of the uh, the champion lucky um, pedal boost. I was like, that's the thing that I've been looking for. And it's been on my shelf awesome. the whole time. Wow. So, yeah, so it's, I'm really excited about how it sounds. But I know that there's something a little bit screwy with it. I mean, it was my first build, but it did work. Yeah. Um, and I just, I want I would love to be able to just rebuild another one of those clean. So I got to put yeah. it down and figure out what do I do. It. Yeah. Let, less yeah. solder blobs. Yeah. Yeah, less blobs. Hey, I, that was a clean pedal, man. Don't you criticize my blobs. What would you do if you actually came up with the absolute best pedal combination and there's nothing that could make it better? What would you would your head explode or what? <laughs> no. He, because all the fun's gone after that. Yeah. I don't know. He can't. he would get bored of it after a gig and that's not totally true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, um Dr. Z. Yes. Wake up. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Dr. Z, four on the floor. What is number one? Okay, number one is the Dr. Z Z Drive. (laughs) 
<laughs> a little a little bit of a plug there for me. But we're letting you get it, away with it because you're Doctor Z. That's is that, is that a different right. Doctor Z? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's a great pedal. It's a two channel pedal um, that was kind of designed. Uh, Jamie from Jamie Stillman from Earthquaker and myself kind of put it together, and um, it's a nice drive pedal. It has an active EQ, so there's treble, middle, bass. And there's gain and level for the two channels. And one of the channels has uh, germanium diodes. So, you know, it kind of has that uh, Santor, Klon uh, kind of action happening where it's kind of a nice overdrive pedal, not so much of a distortion pedal. And on the other side is, a, is an op amp. And so it does have quite a bit of drive or distortion. So... It's a dual pedal, a dual channel pedal, and uh, I kind of like it. Works great with my amps, and um, it's one that uh, maybe some of you guys should check out. Cool. So awesome. that's number one. Number one. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Number two is the Strymon Flint or the Flyman Street. You know, I love that pedal. I mean, it, it just... Uh, you know, being an amp designer, man, you know, it, trying to build reverb circuits and into amps, boy, it, it, you know, I used to have a full head of hair before I designed my first <laughs> reverb amp. You know, the reverb tubs are just such poor quality nowadays. To try to find good 12 AT7s and, and yaddity, yaddity, and back and forth. And um, it's a difficult thing to, to try to make a, a good sounding built-in reverb. Not impossible, of course, but 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 difficult. And, and to keep the consistency is a little difficult. So, you know, I've been building amps now with, with many more effects loops, okay? Effects loop seems to be a kind of a, a option that, that many amp, uh, amp buyers like and, and ask for. So... I, I kind of went to my friend George Metropolis and started using his little Metro uh, Zero Loss effects loop board. And, there, and there's many, you know, amp builders that use that George's design. And it's just a plug-in kind of unit, and it runs on high voltage. It's a high-voltage FET design. So it sounds very good. I mean, it, it, it really does. It's an excellent, excellent design. And... I just love plugging the Strymon Flint into it when I test my amps. I kind of use the Flint as kind of my basis to see how well the the effects loop is working in that specific model. And it's just great. You know, and I love the trim, you know, the very selection, the three selections of different reverb types is very, very nice, very natural. Um, and it's just an excellent, excellent design. Probably the best reverb pedal um, that I have found. And having a nice trim along with it is certainly a plus. So that's number two. And that was that was that was the pedal that uh, you were recommend, recommending when we were uh, testing out the Jetta up at your place. Right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, and the Jetta has the Metro effects loop. So you know, I, I do test them all with with the Strymon. And nice. And boy, it's it's just just perfect, really, just perfect. Awesome, awesome. Number three. Okay, number three. Yeah, I'm going to go back to my old days. I'm going to kind of show you my age here. And 
I think we guessed it, by the way. <laughs> is, that, is that the Flintstones pedal? You're 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're using your feet. Absolutely. Um, it, it's actually it's a germanium fuzz face pedal. Oh, yeah. And, cool. and, it, and it's one that I've just always loved because if you guys are familiar with the old fuzz faces, if you get a good one, and it seemed like in, in the days that I collected them, the silver ones always sounded the best for some reason or another. I don't know why. Maybe it was just in my head. But, you know, they did come in multiple colors. But the silver ones were always cool. And, and you know, you were able to dial that pedal in to just give you kind of a moderate kind of boost or, you know, or overdrive, slight overdrive that was very natural sounding. Or, you know, you can drive it and, and get that clip fuzz tone that, you know, from satisfaction or whatever. Uh, you can really get a heavy, saturated Hendrix-like fuzz sound out of it. But I kind of liked its versatility. And I kind of liked it as kind of a precursor to the simpler overdrive pedals that, that had come later on. So, you know, the Germanium fuzz face has always had a special place in my heart. Okay. So that's number three. Cool. cool. Um, number four, this is a unique pedal that I don't think gets enough play that, that not a lot of people are familiar with, but God, it's a great pedal. It's an earthquaker pedal. It's the tone job. This is what he calls job. It. Tone job, yes. And basically, Jamie designed this pedal to kind of go at the end of your pedal board. And it was kind of a catch-all active EQ little pedal that allowed you to, you know, kind of finally adjust your overall tonation before it goes into your amp. And and God, it was just such a great sounding, even by itself. To me, it was just such a great shaping device to give just a little bit of overdrive and then total control of treble, middle, and bass. And, and, and just in such a correct amount. So, you know, you could either use it at the end of your pedal board to, to kind of do a final adjustment uh, to your sound, or, you know, just as a standalone kind of a nice little lead boost or uh, just, you know, rhythm increase as you're playing. And, and, and I really like it. And it's one that's not, not that known or that used, but believe me, guys, you pick up a tone job, man. And I think you'll be impressed. I think you'll be impressed. All right. So, so those are my four. How's that? Yeah. I think that's the first uh, yeah. time. Pretty solid. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the first time the tone job's been on here, right? Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the that's first, first time. I, yeah, actually, that's the first time for all of those pedals. Really? No, no, no. no, no. I mean, not the, the not the Flyman. Not the Flyman. That's that's and, uh, <laughs> that's been on like six times. Uh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's, does, that's a the cool, Z drive. The Z drive. Z drive. That's on number before. one. So now, where can people uh, just really quickly uh, uh, tell people where they can find you right now? Like where, uh, it's, it's as far as where he's sitting right now, like his address. Well, well, I do have, you know, quite a few dealers. I mean, you can go on my website and kind of look at my dealer list. I, I can't really go through it all. We don't have time. For no, no, list no. Them all. But how about your, but, what's the Instagram? What's your Instagram? Um, Instagram is, uh, 
Dr. Z Amps. I guess if you go on my website, there's a little click for the little Instagram logo. And, Dr. Z uh, Amps. Yeah, yeah, yep. Dr. Z Amps. Uh-huh. Dr. Z Amps. That was a pretty good guess. Um, Ish. <laughs> <laughs> who is this Dr. Z? We have an imposter. Who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, well, that uh, that first pedal, the, the Z drive, sounds pretty cool. I'm going to have to check that out. That, uh, yes. Go online Thank and you. check that out. Do it. Um, it actually sounds quite a bit like the pedal that I was referencing in my four on the floor, to be honest. Um, oh, okay. Except yeah. built better. Except built, yeah, clearly built better. <laughs> Uh, now, so let's get into, um, you know, the world of Dr. Z. Uh, I think from, okay, so Rob, I know you've got a, a much longer history. Tony, you have a longer history. You've got a, a Z Maz at your Maserati, Maserati, Maserati. at, uh, at your shop. Yep. Um, from an, from somebody who isn't as deeply, um, aware of, you know, the history of Dr. Z and everything, just from a slightly more outsider standpoint, um, I came into this knowing this is extremely high quality gear uh, and very accessible gear. It's not the high quality gear that you have to have a manual to understand or that you will never be able to use on stage or that you have to have a roadie for or something like that. And actually, Rob, it helps, though. <laughs> um, the, the simplicity is is uh, the simplicity and the and the quality are, are un, pretty much unmatched. You know, I think absolutely. That's, that's that's the thing. Now we asked Rob when we had uh, our our amps one hundred and one show, which I would highly suggest if you haven't heard that episode, everybody go check that one out. Um, it, w- we asked you, all right, for the money, what's the amp? And you like I didn't even finish a sentence. And yeah. You said Doctor Z, and I was like, "Wow, that's quite an endorsement for a guy who oh, repairs amps for a living." Uh, it's because I never have thanks. to repair them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no joke. I replace a tube here and there, and back out the door it goes back on tour. You know. Yeah. Th- thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was that's intriguing for me as someone who's never, uh, you know at that point had never played one obviously i've seen them around um uh tony you know we got to play yours one time and i don't even let you look at mine no (laughs) that's true (laughs) you don't why uh so it was very interesting for me to get into like well let's find out about this i've actually wanted you on the show for a long time and and uh Wanted to make sure that we had the right venue to, to, to have that and the right people in the room. He might have been probably the number one requested guest, too. Yeah. People oh, absolutely. Yeah. Without, a, without question. Whoa. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you're well. an important guy. <laughs> you go yeah. swelling. Yeah. <laughs> God, these headphones aren't fitting anymore. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to hand this over to Rob and Tony because you guys have a deeper oh, okay. understanding. I'd like to you guys to just kind of run with it a little bit. We, I want you to get into where, you know, where we are with you now, how you got here and all that stuff, uh, just as sort of an overview. If we don't cover it right well, this second, we'll get there, but yeah. go ahead. Well, and I tell you, my first thing is, um, and I figured the first time I, I had a Dr. Z come in, you know, whatever, 15, 16 years ago, immediately I assumed whatever you did before amps had to be something that was very high tolerance, you know, something in the um, medical field or, or you know, yes. private contractor for a military or something. So why don't you talk about that, what you did before Dr. Z? 
Well, I, I, I was in medical electronics. I worked for General Electric uh, for about 15 years. Uh, I do have a degree in engineering, electrical engineering. And, um, yeah, I worked for GE. Um, and, you know, some pretty high-end CAT scanners, MRIs, nuclear cameras. Um, that was kind of where I started in, in, in the industry, electronics industry, if you will. Um, going back a little further than that, um, you know, my dad was a TV repairman. So, you know, the basement of my house looked very much like my shop does now. Tubes everywhere and, and all kinds of electronic test equipment and, and parts uh, always screwed around. So, I mean, I grew up with that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also, you know, had a father that was that was very giving and sharing of his knowledge to me and, and kind of helped me uh, along as I started. Um, so I, I was always kind of interested in electronics, uh, always interested in music. You know, I mean, I'm a kind of child of the 60s and, you know, um, always there with, you know, the, the British invasion and all the early stuff that happened at that time. And um, I, I guess living the dream, being able to combine um, my love for electronics and my love for music, put them together in a, um, a kind of a career that spanned about 32 years now. Um, it is just very great. I mean, I, I just can't tell you how lucky and, and blessed I feel that I am. And um, I, I don't take it for granted and I truly appreciate it. And that that's, I guess kind of the basis of it without, without getting too yeah. schlocky about it, but that that's kind of where it came from. And, and yes, I, I did have a high tech electronics background and that's what brought me into um, building guitar amps. And, you know, one thing that's a spinoff of that is that, you know, Dr. Z amps is the only boutique amp manufacturer mm -hmm. that is UL and ETL approved. Okay, so I've had uh, my amps, you know, laboratory tested uh, to to get the the the, the certifications um, that were needed for actually for exporting into Canada. It's kind of what forced me to do it. Really, that's uh, required C for Canada. Well, CSA, um, the Canadian Safety Board. Um, I, I, I kind of got into uh, a store or. a Long and McQuaid is the name of the of the stores, and they have about fifty or sixty stores in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, so they're a you know they're they're a high a high profile kind of uh, retailer in Canada, and because of that, um, they get inspected and and they get checked. And um, you know, I, I don't want to get political here, but you know, they talk about the NAFTA, the North American Trade Agreement. Well, you know, that was all well and good, but but what Canada did was, you know, Canada would rather you buy a trainer guitar amp mm. that was made in Canada than a Dr. Z amp that was made in the United States. So even though there was a free trade agreement, they said that there, there was safety considerations, uh. that any imported product had to pass the CSA, the Canadian safety standards. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I was dealing with Long and McQuaid, and one day they said to me, hey, you know, Z, if, if we're going to continue to carry your stuff, you're going to have to get CSA approval. 
So mm, I said, okay. So I looked into it and I actually had uh, my stuff approved. It's all on my website. You can see the, uh, there's a 55 page uh, kind of result of the testing uh, that my products go through. Um, the vibration testing, the drop testing, all, all of the things that they do to make it UL approved. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, I do get inspected four times a year. Kind of an inspector just comes in unannounced and just kind of looks around and makes sure that everything is still being built the same way that it was when it was initially certified. Wow. Um, so, so, yeah, so I, I kind of, uh, it, it's big business. You know, if you look at Fender and Orange and Vox and Marshall, yeah, I mean, they have to do that as well. If they're going to export into various countries, you know, they have to have the correct certification. And, and they have departments that kind of certification departments that take care of that. Well, I don't have a certification department. <laughs> I am the certification department. So, so, uh, so I have to deal with that. But, you know, like I say, I, I am, uh, you know, an engineer. So it does come kind of easy to me. And, you know, you know, seeing seeing the stuff, you know, that you saw, Rob, and how well it, it's built. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's just an indication of of knowing how to do it and how to do it correctly. Yeah. Now, now that doesn't that doesn't always make it be the best sounding Right. Piece of equipment. But just you from a that, build quality. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, I, I try to make as, as original of a product as I can. Of course, I'm I, I look at at sounds that I like and amp tones that I like that um you know make me go down that path and try to make that. Yeah. But I don't look at a schematic and just copy it, you know, part for part. Uh, you know, I'm inspired tonally by different products, but I want to see how I can do it and how I can build a product that then I can turn over to my employees to manufacture, manufacture easily, um, efficiently, and, um, you know, have a business that, you know, makes a little profit and, and keeps the lights on. This, that may be a good segue into your first product too, to how you started introducing Dr. Z guitar amps to the world. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, um, I, you talk about being blessed. I, I guess I, I, I really had an incredible break. And, and you know, I started Dr. Z Amps in 1988. Um, and, in, and in 1990, the early 90s, I kind of hooked up with Joe Walsh. And Joe Walsh was going out with the Eagles on the Hell Freezes Over tour. And um, the next thing I know, Joe's using an SRZ65, Dr. Z amp, on the Eagles Hell Freezes Over tour, which at the time was probably the biggest tour that was going on. And there's my amps right on stage. So I, I had kind of an instant credibility, if you will, mm -hmm. um, through the help of my buddy Joe. And um, no one had heard of me you know, prior to that, but... But after a couple of years of touring, uh, my amps were seen and heard, and 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 all of a sudden, if they were good enough for Joe Walsh, I I, I think I should check this out. So, so that's what a lot of people did, and it helped me grow my company. And um, the the next kind of way that I went 
from the SRZ65, which was a an EL34 based amp. Uh, it was ultra linear, ultra linear design, which was which was rather unique, and it was a pretty high powered kind of amp. Was Vox stuff, and and that was the Maz. You know, I I, I kind of went into the four EL84 designs. I've always loved that. You know, always loved the early British invasion stuff, and you know the Beatles and the the Kinks and the Who, and you know, and all of that. That kind of was what I cut my teeth on when I was young. Um, so I so I built the Maz line and basically kind of said to myself, you know, I want to put together the Holy Grail. Okay, the the the, the Vox, the Fender, and the Marshall tones kind of collaborated in one design and got a little bit of each one in a mass. I mean, you can kind of get a fendery, kind of a fendery reverb sound out of a, a mass. And you can certainly get the chimey, boxy kind of sound because of the 84s. And, I, you know, I gave it a little growl. I gave it a little bite um, so that you can kind of get a little marshally tones out of it as well. I mean, it's not going to knock those off completely. But it's 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 my you know combination of, of those three sounds that that then made my next amp, which which was the Maz line, and the Maz thirty eight was was certainly um, very popular for me and did very very well. It seemed like blues players. I had you know from John Mayall's band to uh, there's so many um, Texas blues players um, that that played the Mass 38, just kind of loved it for what it was. Um, so uh, it was a great amp. And again, I kind of reached that same point that I reached with the Z-Rec Jr. And that was, man, it's kind of loud, you know, for the little clubs that we play. Uh, is there some way that we can cut the power down, make it less? And and then that was where the Mass Jr. was born. And and today, you know, it's still my most popular model, the Maz Junior, uh, the Ma the right, the Maz eighteen Junior. I mean, I I have over five thousand. I've built over five thousand of those units wow. of just that model uh, that, that are in production and in, in the field somewhere. You know, I, we evolved it to the Mark II. The past couple of years, we kind of did a Mark II upgrade on the older Mazes, um, kind of bringing them up to to snuff, if you will. And, and yeah, yeah, there's quite a few of them out there. And it's, it seems to be, Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to, to take too much credit for it, but, but basically it's kind of my idea of the two thousands deluxe reverb, you know, it, it kind of, it fills that niche. It's that kind of desert Island little lamp. That works very well in small clubs and jams in the studio at home. Um, so, so it it, it kind of caught on with a lot of people, and because of its variation in sound, um, you know, blues players, jazz players, classic rock players, um, worship players all, all seem to levitate around the man. So, it, so it's done pretty well. So that that was kind of my next big project and. Um, then I, you know, I kind of evolved from there. Uh, the route 66, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with that product, but 
Um, it was basically an EF86 front end uh, with with the KT66 output tubes. And again, in an ultra-linear configuration. What does um, that mean? The Route 66. Ultra-linear configuration. Okay. Uh, what ultra-linear what ultra -linear means is that um, if you understand the secondary portion of an output transformer, um, there are plate connections. Okay. There's a, a plus and a minus plate for the two sides of the output tranny. Well, in an ultra-linear transformer, there's two more wires that kind of feed the screen supply of the pento tubes that you're connecting to. And I hope I'm not going over too many people's heads with these terminations. I'm fairly but certain you are, but that's okay. That's what yeah. we're here to do. We're here to learn. So. Todd's starting to draw okay. outside of his mouth. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so basically, if you just think about it, you've got a plate voltage, which is the maximum amount of high voltage on the tube. And then you go down to the screen supply which is a little bit less. Now, because it comes off of the same transformer, it tracks linearly. So when the voltage sags a little bit, not only does the plate sag, but the screen sags the exact correct amount. Uh -huh. So you're always linear. You know, the screen is what kind of opens up inside the tube to allow the electrons to flow. The plate is where it's collected and amplified, and that goes out to the speaker. Wow. So, we all so, learned something right there. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so so basically, by, by having an ultra-linear design, uh, you're always kind of tracking and, and linearly tracking through the tube, no matter if you're heavily compressing and distorting or whether you're playing a clean passage. So that, I've always been kind of a, attracted to the ultra-linear designs. And, you know, it's like when you go to college – you pick up certain designs from, you know, your professors that talk about them in school. And that's basically what happened to me. And I got hooked. I had a professor that really loved ultralinear trannies. And, you know, we, we had a, many discussions about them. And then I utilized them in my designs. Um, so, so yeah. So, they, they, you know, there you are. That was the Route 66. And then from the Route 66, I kind of evolved that platform, if you will, into many amps. I, I kind of did a, a Z28, which was basically that same amp as the Route 66, but, but with six v, V6s. Um, I did a, a, a KT45, which was basically that same design with the L34s. I did a Delta 88, which is basically that same design with KT88 output tubes. Can I ask you so, really quick something? Yes. Because we're, we're, we're kicking around a lot of uh, tube terms. Could you, so that we have a better understanding of tonally where some of those differences are, um, uh -huh. could you uh -huh. give us a, a quick understanding of tonally what those things might represent? Okay, I, I certainly will. Let, let's start with the KT66. Wonderful, wonderful tube. Very rich and warm, almost milkshake-like in its output. Very nice, kind of lower mids and low end. Very smooth. Like me. Um, yeah, I mean, just a great, great sound. I mean, think of the early JTM 45s. Um, they initially used KT 66 tubes. Um, and, you know, that's the sound that it represents. And those ones are huge. Those ones are like, they're yeah, really very big, big. Glass, very big glass bottle. Yeah. Yes. And they're kind of offshoots of 6L6s, okay? 
Kind of the American version is the 6L6. The European or English version, the Mullard version, was the KT-66. Okay. Now, the 6L6 is a very strong kind of tube, great output. But but what I find to be a little difficult with the 6L6 is they're a bit toothy, meaning they always kind of have a little bite to them. <laughs> you know, if you think about twin reverbs, you know, it's just kind of hard to dial that out. <laughs> Oh, they, they're they big, they're strong, they're powerful tubes, but but they always have that, that kind of toothiness or bite to my ear. But they're a great American tube used in many, many designs, uh, and they work very, very well. The little brother of the 6L6 is the 6V6, okay? Kind of a smaller envelope, about half the output power of a 6L6. But a lot sweeter top end. I mean, very, very sugary and sweet on the top end of a 6V6. And that's kind of what, you know, people like when you want to distort one heavily in, let's say, a Tweed Deluxe or even a a Tweed or Deluxe Reverb. You know, it just has a very pleasant top end. The low end could get a little flubby. The low end can kind of get a little bit loose because it's not that powerful of a tube. So you have to make sure that your design is correct. You have the correct choke. You have the correct power supply and the correct bias setting for a 6V6 to sound good. But it's kind of a smaller 6L6. EL34s, well, you know, that's that's kind of our, our martial sound. If you want to think of a picture in your mind of, of what a 6L or an EL34 would sound like, you know, think of a 50-watt Marshall, man, a 100-watt Marshall. Um, strong mid-range, big bottom end, big sounding amp, great sustain, um, and a, a full-bodied kind of sound that a 34 has. It's a, just a beautiful, beautiful tone. I love EL34s. Then then there's EL, EL84s. Okay, If you kind of think about it, kind of similar to what a 6L6 and a 6V6 well, an EL34, kind of similar to what an EL84 would be. An 84 is a kind of a smaller bottle tube, very similar tonally to, to what an EL34 can do. But, you know, it's just a bit, it has that clang, you know, mm-hmm. it has that Vox AC30 sound, man. There's a brilliance to it and just that clangy tone that, that a 34 has. Mm. Um not all that powerful as far as low end is concerned, but a very gainy tube. It's a tube that you can really design with and really get a, really get a great, great, you know, distortion. I mean, if you listen to some of the examples of amps, and I'll, I'll plug some of my brothers, um, you know, the free, the little Friedman, his little JJ amp uh, with EL84 sounds amazing. Uh, the same with the Mercury, Mercury V by Carr. You know, you, you get such great, great sounds out of 84s. You can get so much drive. And and it's at a usable volume level. You know, you're not killing yourself and everybody else in the room. Um, KT, KT88s, um, man, they're, they're just wonderful tubes because they kind of replace the American 6550. If you're familiar with the big bottle 6550 tube, 
that was used in a lot of base amps. You know, you'll you'll see that in a lot of Ampeg SVTs and and a lot of base amp designs because of its ability to put on a lot of wattage at a very clean sound uh, with a lot of low end and a, and, a, and a lot of girth. And that's the 6550. Always sounded a little strident to me. Not, not, not the best tube to use as a guitar amp tube, uh, to be honest with you. You know, Sun used them. You know, you can listen to some of the Sun 200s and whatever, and you can kind of see what I mean about the sound of the 6550. Um, so the KT88 is kind of the British version of that. And, and oh, my God, it's kind of the same amount of output, kind of the same big bottled tonation. But, but but a little bit of hair on the notes always. There's just that kind of cool little distortion that the KT-88s have, as well as giving you almost 100 watts out of a pair. So they were great. And, you know, I used them in, uh, I made a, uh, a pedal steel amp called the Surgical Steel. Uh, and I used KT-88s in that, as well as the Delta 88 that I built. So... I think that's pretty much it. I mean, 34s, 6L6s, 6V6s, EL34s, EL84s, uh, 6550s, and, you know, uh, KT88s. Uh, the only thing that's left that is rather unique is the 7591. And that's the that's the tube that I use in the Jetta. Uh -huh. And the, the uniqueness of the 7591 is, is that was kind of the last output tube that's been designed you know, if you go back in the history and the archives of, of of output tubes this was kind of the last one so man there was a lot of great ideas that went into the to designing this tube and it's an amazing little tube man i mean it puts out incredible amounts of power it has an incredible bandwidth i mean it's fidelity is is almost unmatched and it has a kind of a uniqueness. There's a, a kind of a clarity and warmth to its sound that, that's just very unique. And, uh, you know, it was used a lot in stereos, basically. That, that was its main application. You know, Fisher and, and Scott and all of these little, you know, stereo tube stereo companies used the 7591 in, in, in their designs. And that... I guess that kind of rounds it out. I can't think of anything else that I might have missed. You're like the tube sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, guys, it's 24-7 for me. Yeah. Uh, I, in 32 years of this, I live it. I sleep it. I, I don't stop, you know, uh, but it, it's just because of the love for it. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and, and, well, that's why we and, wanted to talk to you. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think yeah. uh, thanks, I think thanks our, for the platform. Yeah, I appreciate. I think it. some of our listeners would be interested to know that you are not a guitar player, and like at least one <laughs> yes. other amp builder, uh, you are a drummer. Two. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Well, no, yeah. We, yeah. we talked about the not a uh, you know Marshall and Fender. Yes, uh, we're guitar Jim, players. Jim, no, Jim yeah. Marshall was a drummer. Yeah, uh, Leo Fender. Yes. I don't think played anything. No, but you know. No, look, where, <laughs> look no. at him. <laughs> yeah. He did okay for right. himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. So how, you how, know, I, it, go ahead. I'm I, I was going to say. So how, as 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 not a guitar player, 
Um, how do you evaluate? I mean, do you just use your own instincts, your own ear, your own, uh, or do you? Well, okay. Well, you know, I mean, here's an answer. I'm always asked this question, of course. And, and, you know, my first answer is, is that when I was younger and, you know, in my teenage years and whatever, I was always the guy that friends would come and get when they were buying a stereo. They go, come on, Z, I want you to listen to this. What do you think? What do you think of this speaker? What do you think of this amp? I guess I always kind of had a pretty good ear, for lack of a better word. I, I just always could tell good sounds and, 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 and always had a good ear. So that was one thing that was working for me. And, and the second thing I think that's a little bit of my advantage is that not being a guitar player, I'm, I'm not designing amplifiers for my taste. You know, I find a lot of my brothers in, in the industry, you know, have this holy grail kind of idea of what a guitar amp should sound like. And, and what in their head they would love. And, and you know, for a small majority of people, um, that might be great. They, they love that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, dig, I dig that sound. But I kind of paint with a broader paintbrush. I, I don't go at it with what I think is the best or, or how I want something to be. I want to make things that other people will enjoy and use as their muse and make their music from the products that I produce. So I, I kind of have a little bit of an opening. You know, I, I, I kind of know electronics pretty well. I, I know how to design. Um, I've got a pretty good ear, so I know when something sounds good or sounds bad. Um, and I, I just try to try to make amps that, that will be popular with people. And I, I kind of, kind of did that, I guess, you know, I, all these so, years, I'm yeah. still in business. <laughs> so, so in some ways, you don't uh, you don't experience the limitations that some of us guitar players have, or at least the preconceived notions of what something is supposed to sound like. Yeah, you know, I mean, to, to put it in nice words, yes, I mean that that's that's true, and I think that some people get get tricked into that. You know, they get kind of down a path of this is what it should sound like, and try to force that down someone else's throat. And gosh, you know, you guys know you're all guitar players. I mean, you get a room with 10 guitar players in it, ask them a question. You're going to get 10 different answers. <laughs> sure. No, sure. I mean, everybody, <laughs> <At least 10. laughs> everybody has their own. Everybody has their own sound. Everybody knows, you know, what they want or, or what they feel it should be. Um, you know, the perceptions are all different. No one, no two people hear the same, you know, I mean, so, so there's so many, so many variables that I find that if I make myself a little bit more neutral and just try to use the experience that I have as a designer to design a good quality product. And, and I've always believed this, the shortest path gives the richest tone. Mm. And what does that mean? That means the simpler the design. Many, many of my designs have two knobs or three knobs. And, and that seems to work very well mm -hmm. because the signal comes in and from your fingers and it goes out the speaker and it sounds great. It, it's not too processed or overdone or, or this or that. So it's simple. It's rich. And people seem to be able to work with that. And awesome. That, that's, 
that's my philosophy, if you will. Great. Okay, Dr. Z, uh, do you have any final thoughts for us and our listeners? I, I think that um, there's it, it's just an unbelievable renaissance for guitar players. I mean, between the great pickups and guitars and pedals and amps that are available today, it's amazing. You know, I mean, we never had this kind of choice. You know, if any of you are old enough to be able to look back into the 60s or the even the 70s, God, there wasn't much to choose from. Today, there's just a myriad of equipment and new stuff coming out all the time. So it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a guitar player. And I, I'm happy to be a part of that in my own little way and, and make products that, that make people happy and satisfy their needs. Um, I mean, you'll see that there's quite a few Dr. Z amps on the road. I mean, I, I'm on stages with some of the biggest guitarists in the world. And, and you know, the reason being is that I just make a nice, simple amp that works, you know, that's going to be reliable. And, and they can count on it sounding the same today and tomorrow and the next day. And, and artists appreciate that. And um, maybe it doesn't have all the whistles and bells and, and you know, three channels and, and all of the, the, the stuff that some designers come up with. Um, in its simplicity, I think, is where its beauty is. And that's, that's how I kind of built, built my reputation. And I will continue to do that. And, and I must say, as I get older, the designs just keep coming and coming. And they just get better and better, guys. Believe me. <laughs> okay. Holy moly. That was our uh, awesome interview with Dr. Z. Thank you so much, Dr. Z. Yeah. Oh, my uh, pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Guys, um, I think that was pretty... That was pretty astounding. Pretty yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Take. I think you, that's, that's exactly what we were hoping for, and we really appreciate that. And Better than like, watching a Browns game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, don't set the bar very well. <laughs> for the past 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> now, well, the Cavs won last night. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, no, 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 no. Anyway. Yeah, they, all right. Yeah, they okay. okay. Uh, sports. <laughs> Instead sports. of talking about sports, sports. ladies yes, and gentlemen. what do we have, Jared? Instead, let's do <laughs> Would You Rather. All right, man. This week's Would You Rather is from a, a custom, customer of mine. Uh, his name's Anthony Lanthrop. And uh, he's he put together a really cool uh, red guitar. It's got some really cool flame in it and all that kind of thing. He sent us a Would You Rather, and it goes like this. Would you rather have mad building skills and be able to build exactly the guitars, amps, pedals, cables you want, or pickups in my case, you want to your own specification, or yeah, would you rather have just a big budget to buy exactly the gear you want? So would you rather have just a buttload of money so you could just buy whatever you want, or would you rather just build everything yourself, you know, have the skills to build everything yourself? Tony? Well, if I didn't already have the mad building skills <laughs> to do all of this, no, I'd, I'm just, surely I just. No, I think there is a great deal of satisfaction that comes from being able to build things yourself. Hell yeah. And now, you know, maybe they're not as you know, factory perfect or whatever, but if you can custom tailor things to your own sound and Home taste, grown. and ultimately it costs you a little less money to do it that way. So the other part of this question is, what's, what's the budget? 
What's the budget in addition to the mad skills? Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be like low budget. Like, low you know, budget. Like bending your own metal and, and, and chopping down trees well, and, and stuff. Well, and you got to go collect cans to then bend your own metal, uh, you know? <laughs> but I, I, I think so. The, I think the good point, yeah, anybody can go out and buy stuff from the store. And, you know, it may or may not be exactly what you want. Yeah. But if you know what you want and you had the skills to do that, to build a guitar and to build amplifiers and pedals and everything else under the sun, if you're good at soldering... You can do a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I think the satisfaction of doing it yourself would be my choice. All right. It's Tony. Uh, Tony. Uh, Jared. Yeah, because I make my own pickups, and uh, I put together my own guitars uh, sometimes. And I do buy a lot of Gibson, so I don't put those together. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, as, a, as a guy that just already does stuff myself, usually I'm definitely going to go with... Uh, build this stuff myself. Okay. Dr. Z, how about yourself? Well, I have to agree with with Jared and Tony. Um, and, and the reason I say it is that even after 32 years of sitting at a bench and building amps, there's nothing like the satisfaction of that first time plugging in and seeing it work and listening to it being played there's just so much satisfaction in it. It's almost like giving birth. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't know if any of you guys are parents yeah, or yes. or what or but grandparents or whatever. Not, none of us in the room have given birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, you know when you Jared see somebody might after the show though. <laughs> well, you. Yeah, you didn't say to what. <laughs> you, no, but you're but, you're you're exactly right. And seeing somebody play it on a stage and. Even in oh, front yeah. of, you know, 5,000, 10,000 people is really awesome. Right. Totally. And, and, you know, th- there's nothing that can match that. No. And I still get that same warm, fuzzy feeling after all of these years and after all of the tens of thousands of amps that I built. I still get that feeling every time I tube one up and power it up. It, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling, and, and it's something that can't be bought. You can't put a price on that. And and yes, I agree with Jared and Tony. There's nothing like doing it yourself. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Rob? Okay, I'm going to go against the grain here. <laughs> I'm going to say buy gear, and here's why. I'm approaching this from a player standpoint. Mm-hmm. And being a, a, a player for, you know, professional for uh, about 20 years I was before I kind of put aside, um, and obviously doing the repair thing for, you know, however many years now, um, I find myself... If if having the knowledge and and being able to get in there and tweak things, I don't just play. I play and then I think, boy, I kind of wish this had a little more of this, a little less of this, and then I get in tinker if you know and make it what I want to, which is great. But from a player standpoint, if I didn't have that knowledge, but I could just I could amass you know a dozen Z amps and a dozen Freedmans and old Marshalls and old Fenders and just be able to plug in and get the tone I have in my head and not be thinking about all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's why I'm going that route. I'd rather, if I could just have all that stuff, imagine walking in a room and just being able to grab, you know, whatever, this old Dumble and this old Fen, just bam. Dumble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to join you on that one, um, because, and from a slightly different angle, um, because I, I mean, I love the, the you know, being able to build and stuff like that. But you're proud the, of that pedal, though, man. I am proud mm-hmm. of that pedal, but... <laughs> I 
I want, as a player, I want to be able to say, I want to get the, the right exact thing by the person who does that thing the best. Yeah, but you've got the skill set to do that now. Well, you may have the skill set to be able to make all those things, but I doubt that you're going to be able to be the best at an amp, the best at a guitar, the best at a pedal, and the best at it, right? According to the Mm, Would You Rather, you you have the skill set, and you you are. the skill set. That's all it says. (laughs) Mm. I'm I'm, I'm using the words that were given. So all I'm saying saying is, like, and also, I don't have... Good point. I don't have... Jared, the the head that you bought, I think the last two items you bought are worth more than like my entire music collection. Yeah, I don't have that because I do have kids. You know, I didn't pay that much for so, it. He has um, more Marshall amps than I do in all my gear combined. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've never experienced the you the, fixed a few the idea of being able to go in <laughs> and just you. go like, yeah, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. So I think that would be pretty dang fun. Yeah. And actually, uh, on that note, I've been asked several times, like, what's up with you and the uh, the Supro? Because I mentioned the Supro. I'm like, that's the amp that I have. I, I got that. Like, that. that's that's a purchase and a trade and a trade and a trade kind of thing. It's like, that's what I got. So I, that's what I make it work, you know. Right. But um, yeah. I'm not... Uh, there's I'm not an, amps, a, su- a super champion or anything like you, that. So you need a Dr. Z. There I would love go. to have a Dr. Z. So. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I heard he's giving them away this or week. Two. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Come and get him. Come on up <laughs> to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I heard of him. I'm yeah. giving him away. <laughs> Buy him a meal at the butcher and the brewer, and there you go. <laughs> uh, so okay, that was a great question, Anthony Lanthrop, executive producer, yes, uh, supporter great of the show. Thank you so much. Uh, now, Dr. Z, uh, again, people can find you at drzamps.com and pretty much anywhere on the web. I might think so. Yeah, I'm, I got presence in a lot of social media applications, that's for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, we are going to share a couple. We, we got to say thank you to a couple people who support this. This is this, uh, the craft this that I the, get to do. I don't make guitars, but we we make this. So We make podcasts. Yeah, here we go. It is Todd time. has the skill set to do that. So at this point of the show, right now, there's a special group of people that we like to thank called our executive producers. That's right. Within and that are some grand poobahs. Yeah, we, we, have, whatever have, a, we do have called. at least like one grand, grand poobah. Okay. I do like the grand poobahs. With a fez. <laughs> That's right. Um, and, I mean, someone's probably listening out there saying, what's an executive producer and how do I get to become one? They make this podcast possible. That's right. There's other levels. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. And there's at least a couple of different levels you can participate in sponsoring this particular podcast. Yes. In exchange, there is a bevy of prizes. Yes. Well, they're not prizes. They're rewards. Swags. They're Swags rewards. and rewards. Reward. And Good word. So things like... And uh, a free podcast, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. We'll <laughs> throw that in. No charge. But there's a really cool thing. But no, I'm not done yet. So there's T-shirts and barefoot buttons and stickers and picks and keychains key and we we have a ton of giveaways. We have a ton of giveaways. This is 2020. We've got so many giveaways. I mean, we got a we've got a closet full. By the time you heard this, stuff to give away, we'll Where's be giving this something at? else away. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. figure that part of it out. Okay. Anyhow, uh, all of those levels have great things, but at the top of the heap are the executive producers. Mm-hmm. In addition to all that great stuff, 
Jared, what happens? You get to have your name read on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do right now is read these executive producers who make this podcast possible. Let's start with our newest, Steve Keys. Hey! Cody Foster. Cody Lang. Justin Jones. Tommy Manasco. David Kaminga. Doug Gann. Tim Nowak. Chris Heidel. Tyg Harmon. Tyler Bray, John Anglin, Anthony Lanthrop, Johnny Knowles, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Ken Sayers, Corey Nigro, Brad Partridge, Michael Van Zant, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Chris Carney, Sean S. S. John Daly. Martin Cliff, Tom Barazin, and did I say our, yeah, I did say our Supreme, our, our Grand Pooba. Today? Of the one today? Yeah. Jonathan Jerusik. I got Jonathan. All right. We, we got his name a couple times now. All right. Thank you so much for uh, reading all of our executive producers off. Tony Baloney, much appreciated. Uh, gentlemen, uh, R- Rob, where can people find you? MadCowAmplification.com. All right. And same on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah, follow his Instagram because that is a treat. It's uh, entertaining, it's really, if nothing. <laughs> it's entertaining, and it's it's. Uh, I learn. I learn a lot. He does it right, it. people. He does yeah. it right. Tony, uh, let's go over to PickGuardian.com. You can see all the cool stuff that I make. If you want to see some of the projects we've been talking about, go to my Instagram feed, which is as PickGuardian and the number one. Perfect. Jared, hey, hey, it's my turn. If you guys uh, guys need some new pickups, some pickups repaired, or whatever pickup related, give me an email, Jared at BrandonWallPickups.com. All right, and you can shoot me a note, Todd at TheGuitarKnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram. We love to hear your comments. We love to hear your stories. Um, if you have Would You Rathers you'd like to share with us, send them our way because I love super reading fun. them off. They're super fun. That's right. All right, Dr. Z, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this was a real treat for our audience. And us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pleasure was all mine, guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. I appreciate um, it. All right, everybody, have a great guitar week, and subscribe! Yeah! yeah. No. I, I, bet, I bet him five bucks that he couldn't <laughs> have a clean plate. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Macaroni challenge? I did it right. <laughs> Today, That's me. He's going to f- It's a small studio. Yeah. Jared is hurting right now. His hat, he's had his head in his hands. I had a bowl of soup. <laughs> Grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> Sir, what are you doing here? Do it. Yeah. Uh, Can when you I, imagine what's happening in the stomach? <laughs> Come and get him. Giant thing of coleslaw. Yeah. <laughs> Huge, enormous amount of cheeseburger macaroni and cheese. Oh. <laughs> Brewer, there you go. <laughs> I think he's got like a, a an empty leg or something that all the shit falls into. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page 
and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.